Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, Kenny, come on, Kenny. Let's see another four-yard pass. Way to go, Kenny. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Reckless Speculation. Reckless Speculation. Gentlemen, we are going to be very much on brand to start the show today. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, TCL Studios, Score North app. We got all kinds of stuff today. This is this is a jam show. We're going to get back into some go for basketball talk after another buzz kill last night. Sage football wisdom. He has scouted Tua. He has takes on Stefan Diggs. Ten days of twins talk. We've got in other news today. But uh, I want to throw a pecking order idea. Speculation. speculation. Are we doing a segment within a segment within a segment? It's a little of both. Wow. It's a pecking order built off of reckless speculation. It's like if you were to build, uh, I don't know, like the first 10 floors of reckless speculation, and then you put like a skyscraper tower on top or something like the Empire State Building. Right. right? Okay. Shooting out from the base. Okay. All right. So if Kirk Cousins was also a free agent, so, so we've got... Tom Brady is a free agent. I didn't put Drew Brees on this list because he's just he's going to go back to the Saints, it sounds like. So you guys can either include Brees or not. But also, looking at the list, it kind of takes the fun out of it because all our answers would Drew be Brees Drew would be Brees. number one. Right? right, exactly. So Tom Brady at age so 43, free agent. Philip right. Rivers, mm-hmm. free agent. Teddy Bridgewater, free agent. Ryan Tannehill, free agent. Jameis Winston, free agent. Cam Newton, is he... he is he officially a free agent? He's gonna, no, he's but available. he might be available. So available Cam Newton. And let's just say that Kirk Cousins was also a free agent. And all of these guys, we're talking three-year contracts and $30 million each. So there is no, it's not like, well, I'd rather have Tannehill because he's he gives me $10 million extra dollars. Rank these quarterbacks based on three-year, $30 million contracts. And where does Kirk Cousins fall? <laughs> Number one, this isn't fair because this is this is what I wish was happening so badly right now. I told you I I'm addicted to free agent quarterbacks. I've got a problem, okay? And now you bring these guys up like they're like they're really just all out there for the Vikings. And the Vikings are always in this bin shopping. Well, I mean they are. I mean And now they're not. If you really wanted to clear out You know how much I miss this? 
I thought you were going to say it's not fair because we don't know what Jameis Winston is after laser eye surgery. <laughs> oh, oh no i've I've seen I've seen football players go to the Nike Vision Camp and get LASIK before Rami. I know what they are. The same as when they went and yeah, had the just saying, man. Is it the Troy Williamson? Uh, yes, endorsement here. We'll see. So where would I go? All right. So so the names again are Tom Brady, forty three years old, and you would have to commit to t- Tom Brady. Looks like he's twenty eight. In fact, if you were to put Tom Brady and Phil Mackey photos next to each other, and there is a 10-year age gap, but... I think he's cheating at that, too. Just going to put that out there. Oh, I can see that. Well, his wife would know how to and help him. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of cheating do you think he's... Oh, yeah. Hair plugs, plastic surgery. You don't get a stronger jawline in your 40s. Oh, if you eat is kale there, for every no, meal. that just doesn't happen. Is there top-notch Botox that can be done? Like, I, I, like, I'm talking elite Botox. I think it's been confirmed that he's had hair plugs. I think that's been confirmed. If you Google Tom Brady hair plugs, I think Hold there on. are legit stories out there about Tom Brady. But Giselle plugs. probably has access to I'm the, sure she knows, the best of the best, right? I'm sure she knows all the best in the business when it comes to doing whatever a person can do. Not to say I that she's that. employed their services, but knows all the best in the business totally buy it. to to maintain mm. your looks as well and as long as you possibly can. I did Google Tom Brady plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Not much comes up. No, hair Br- plugs, hair plugs specifically. Plastic surgery, that's total reckless speculation. Okay, Tom Brady hair plugs. Okay, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, there See? are, there's photos of Tom with sort of the receding front of his hair a couple years ago. Yep. And, uh, and now he's got sort of the, the full patch. Let me it's say- not like LeBron. Like LeBron was legitimately balding. Like the alleys were getting deep. At LeBron Park. The alleys were very, very deep at LeBron Park. And then all of a sudden, this dude showed up with, like, the most perfect hairline in the history of hairlines. I will say this in defense of football and hockey players. The helmet rips the hair out, and so they often need assistance. Uh, because they start to rip their hair out when they are younger than their um, brethren. Might Is that why you quit hair. football, Rami? You guys want to see what Tom Brady would look like bald? I've seen it before. It's outstanding. Oh, my God. This is jarring. What? That's not a bad look. That's jarring when you're used to seeing Tom Brady insert. You know what? I'm glad he got hair plugs. That that is that is jarring. Uh, Google that, Tom Brady bald if you're listening at home. All right, so you want our pecking order sorry, if Kirk Cousins was a free agent. Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, yep. Teddy Bridgewater, yep. Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, and Kirk Cousins. If all of them were free agents and all of them were set to get three years, $90 million. I will give you mine very quickly because to me it's very, very simple. I am going Tom Brady first. I'm going Bridgewater second. Really? Cut. Brady first? Brady for Oh, yeah. I'll take wow. Brady. Brady with uh, Diggs and Thielen and these tight ends. And I run this thing back. And he's in his first year mm. out of New England where he's bound and determined to be successful. I'm going Brady, Bridgewater, Cousins, Tannehill, Rivers, Winston, and Newton. And Boy, this is amazing. And I'm steering clear of Cam because health-wise on that one, I just don't know. Like, if I knew more about Cam, but I don't. So, But to me, my top three would be Brady, Bridgewater, Cousins, and then four Tannehill, five Phillip Rivers. All right, mine is Brady number one, and, and again, you'd be committing to Tom Brady till he's forty six years old. Right, but I'm trying to win football. But player. you're trying to win Think a Super Bowl. But you're trying to win Super Bowl in 2020. It's true. So yep. I'm with you on that. So Tom Brady number one, 
Teddy is number two for me as well, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, Teddy's what? Teddy's number two you for me. You guys are ridiculous. Number three for me? Oh, my God. Number three for me is actually Philip Rivers, just because I love Philip Rivers yeah, so much. He's so much fun. I don't so think that's fun. too high. I don't think that's too high at all. It's way too high right now. No way. Philip Rivers is so much fun, and I know that he spazzes and throws five interceptions <laughs> once in a while. Have but you seen his throws lately? I he's mean, always thrown he's, that way. I know, but he's lost arm strength, and it was almost impossible. He's always kind of thrown that way. <laughs> but he's number three on my list. I've got Kirk and Tannehill sort of tied at number four. You could flip a coin. Tannehill, you're banking that all wow. of a sudden he's become a different quarterback, right. and he's just be, you're yeah. basically be banking on Tannehill reaching a new level. And then I've got Cam Newton six ahead of Jameis Winston seven because I don't know how you can trust a guy who just threw thirty interceptions in two thousand nineteen NFL. In two thousand nineteen NFL, that was pre LASIK. It's true. It's that was pre LASIK. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Cam well, is at the top some, of my list. You better have some damn Superman vision. Whoa, where he can, like, whoa, throw. whoa! What? I'm gonna do the same thing you all are doing with Tua. Cam is at the top of my list. Cam I'm, Newton is Cam at the top Newton of your list. is at the top of this list for me because when when that dude is healthy, you guys you guys are both looking at me like I'm crazy. You had you a 43 year old at the top of your list. Cam Newton is what 34? He's 34. He? I think he's 34 years old. Is he that old? I, I actually thought he was younger than that. That old? He's nine years younger than Tom Brady. Yeah, but he's a rough 34 if he's 34. I mean, the mi- the mileage on the car is different. Mm, no, give me Cam Newton. If Cam No, he's he's 30. He's not even that old. He's 30 years old. Give me Cam Newton all day. <laughs> I think there is a a revival of Cam Newton coming right. in, in in his future. I think there is a Cam Newton revival whether it's in Carolina or somewhere else. There's a Cam Newton okay. revival and I think people forget or maybe just never really knew how good and how dangerous he was. I mean, it's probably going to have to be a pocket-passing Cam Newton. I mean, not that he's never going to run, but it's probably going to have to be a pocket-passing Cam Newton. And he's mostly been under 60% for his career. He's not an accurate pocket passer. Just throwing it up. And then give me Philip Rivers, because I think... Yes. Right? Number two on my list. I'm with you on Philip Rivers. Rivers is number two on That's my list. That's great. You two are... I'm in. I, you know what? And I'm, I'm in for the car crash, too. Okay. Yeah, I, I know that say, he, so I know that he's going to throw six so interceptions against the Bears. Little, so we're not to Tom Brady on your list. You little, just gave us Philip Rivers. He's got a little bread in him. Philip Rivers has a little bread in him. Like, am, might I throw another interception? Probably. Also, uh, if there ever like the, the CBA thing is coming down here, and the players mm-hmm. might not agree to this deal, if there's a lockout, Philip Rivers' family can field a full offense. I was going to okay? say it's just got, good for the it's just good for the economy to bring <laughs> Philip Rivers here because he has to feed like eighteen miles or whatever it is. Uh, Tom Brady is number three on my list. And a lot of that is just on resume. That's not even on what I think that he can do or compared to what other guys can do. That's mostly on what he's done. I'm willing to admit that. And then it's Kirk Cousins right behind Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Then I got Teddy. Jameis Winston is next. And then Ryan Tannehill is at the bottom of my list. My number one prerequisite for any quarterback is that you can throw the football. And Ryan Tannehill, of the guys on this list, is the worst at throwing the football. He's just, he's just. Yeah, but I would say that Cam Newton and Philip Rivers being number one and number two don't exactly align with your Those idea. Those guys that, both got great arms. They make bad decisions, but they got great no, arms. Phil, I mean, Philip Rivers, Rivers' arm now is not a great. It arm. looks. Philip Rivers has always had a weird throwing motion, but I feel like this season it was. Did you see the Vikings? It game? was very much a shot put. You saw that game against the Vikings. I'm still in, by the way. Don't get me wrong. That thing looked, <laughs> that thing looked like a dead duck warbling through the air. <laughs> Reckless speculation. Give me Cam all day off that list. 
It's, it wasn't even hard for me to come to that wow. conclusion. You guys are both surprised by that. They, that was the easiest part of this list for me. It was well, Cam number one. And here's the thing about let's go to, back to Rivers for a second. Okay, we're all we're all writing off Rivers because he threw twenty interceptions and he's got a weird throwing motion. He's thirty eight years old, but just two years ago, just two years ago, he helped lead the Chargers to a twelve and four record, sixty eight percent completions, thirty two touchdowns to twelve interceptions. And a 70 QBR, which is really, really good. It was like top five in the NFL. Top five, top seven on the list in front of me. So could this be sort of Brett Favre leaving the Packers when he went to the Jets? See, that's what I think of Brady. That's why I I think Brady has at least one great year left if the circumstances are right. If he's given the receivers, if he is given the, the structure around him, I think his 2020 could be really shocking. If he was the bald Tom Brady that I just showed you, would you have that same belief in him? Sure, because he'd be. Because so, that's what he should look like. Yeah, he'd be. <laughs> look at. Look up Google Sonny Jurgensen during his time with Washington. And he sort of looks like Brady should look. But people, people smoke and heat. But you know, you should be. Here's the thing Len Doss in 1970s Super Bowl against the Vikings, he had it right. Go in at halftime, drink a Shasta, and smoke a cigarette, okay? Let your locker okay. and smoke a cigarette. I'm going to show you guys a photo. I know this is this is great for radio. I'm going to show you guys a photo, okay, of Bart Starr at the same age as Tom Brady is right now. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. He looks like a great-grandfather. <laughs> yes. It's remarkable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, dude. Oh, you could do this all day with old-school quarterbacks. But those guys, are, those guys are eating, like, I was going to say, the, the and... factors involved here, are, like the, the diet, the the exercise, the, 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 the tools that they have at hand to stay young-looking versus the the league at that time and, and what that did to your body and you as a human being, and also the hard living. Like, the, Tom Brady is eating avocado ice cream. Bart Starr was going out. And owning Green Bay on a Sunday night, like drinking all the beers, all the burgers, everything, and indulging in everything. Like, that was hard living back then, man. Yeah. But he also didn't have plugs put in. You know, God bless him for that. He didn't have the technology. And we didn't want it. Look, I'm not even saying I blame Tom Brady for using everything that he can to, to maintain his looks. If I had looks like that, I'd be trying hard, too. All right, who is this now? Sonny Jurgensen? Johnny Unitas <laughs> as a Charger. Johnny Unitas looks... <laughs> as a Charger. That That is a... But you know what? Johnny, you went to the grave saying, I had a good time. No avocado ice cream for me. Yeah, do you think... Do you I'd think... much rather drop dead having had fun. <laughs> Bleep your avocado ice Wait, cream. Wait, you're saying... You're saying that you wouldn't trade lives with Tom Brady? No. Because he eats avocado ice cream? No, I just don't. So you get with Tom Brady. I, I, I don't need his success. With Tom Brady, you get you get $300 million of net worth. That's yep. an evolved man right there. You get to look, instead of looking like you're 43, you look like you're 23. Yep. Evolved? Sure you use the right one there, Rami? I said evolved, yeah. Yeah, you sure? For, for Judd to not want to trade places with Tom Brady? That's a very common. It's very nice. It's an evolved man right there. That's He's content yeah. and happy and Keep who going. and what he so is. So you pass up like $300 million yes. in net worth, do whatever you want. To be me, yes. Because you know what? When I hit the floor, I'm going to say, I had a great time. 
And Brady's going to be like, I had a great time, except for the 70,000 things I didn't do because I was eating too healthy and trying to prove people wrong that I shouldn't have been a sixth-round pick. I don't know, man. I feel like he's going to be pretty content when it's all said and done. He's going to get up to the pearly gates and look down and be like, man, those bars look like they were fun. I'm going to say, Tommy, they were. Let me tell you about them. Sit down. So Amazing. Uh, 651-646-8255. Would you trade lives with Tom Brady? <laughs> Is that the question on the table for the listening audience? Would you trade lives Cause with I Tom Brady? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I wouldn't. Be strong. And also, where would you rank Kirk Cousins if he were also a free agent among these options? Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, Teddy Bridgewater, Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston, and Cam Newton. Um, the news that came out officially today, and there's been some back and forth I see that, like, well, we knew that we knew that Everson Griffin was going to void the contract because, well, okay, but it's official now. Everson Griffin, according to uh, Courtney Crone and ESPN.com and part of Purple Daily, the Vikings are going to save $13 million to the cap. So the Vikings, congratulations, are officially under the projected salary. Yes. yes. They didn't have to do anything to do it. By a, mil- a million plus now, I believe. Yep, it's like one got a whole, They got a whole million plus to spend. Yep. So, um, what 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 do you guys? You know, Rami, we, Judd, and I went through a couple days ago on this show the full list of how can the Vikings save money. Um, do you think the Vikings are better off clearing out left tackle Riley Reef, uh, clearing out potentially Linval Joseph? They have to make a decision on on whether they want to bring back an Anthony Harris. I mean, how would you go about attacking the fact that you're up against the cap, but you want to make the team better going forward here? Yeah, and it's a catch-22. Because, like, we're all... You just played a a clapping sound effect that they're under the salary cap, and we all agree they need to clear cap space to try and improve on some areas of their roster. But at the same time, you you just lost eight sacks from last year. And beyond the eight sacks, a guy who was very, very productive as a defensive end, despite his age. like you, These are still holes that you have to plug, and I think I, I take the 49ers tactic, but sort of the opposite in a way, where they've used most of their assets, draft picks, salary cap, whatever the case might be, on the defensive side of the football and told Kyle Shanahan, create offense. We're not going to use as much of our assets, as much of our capital on that side of the football. We're counting on your brilliant offensive mind. Go create offense. And we're gonna we're gonna stack talent and use assets on defense. I think you kind of have to do the same thing now with Mike Zimmer. Only say create defense. We're gonna use some of these assets on the offensive side of the football. Not to say that they haven't. I mean, Dalvin Cook is a first round pick. They've paid both their receivers. Kirk Cousins makes twenty eight million dollars a year. But I think you have to do everything you can right now to put as much around Kirk Cousins as you possibly can. Because as we point out time and time again. That guy will be exactly as good as whatever yeah. you put around him. He's not going to raise that offense up to another level. You yeah. need to raise that, that offense up in terms of personnel and what you do with the roster. It makes it really hard when you want to do all of the things, right? You got you've got a quarterback that you're paying a lot of money to, but you need to fortify him with great skill position players so that he can play at the level he needs to. Well, those skill position players are also very expensive. Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, Dalvin Cook. But then also you got a defensive minded coach and you want to make sure that your defense is still Top five in the NFL, and uh, and you just like you can't do all of it, and so you're gonna you're gonna have to make some uncomfortable sacrifices in the next thirty days. And Griffin is thirty two years old. Griffin's at a point now where I think you say you've given us a lot of good years. We yep. appreciate it. You were fantastic. If he was twenty eight or so, I might be tempted to be like, okay, try and do something, bring him back, restructure again. But 
the fact is, in football, I, I think, well, it's true of all sports, but in football especially, you should get credit for, especially with certain positions, just saying it's time to cut bait. And I think at 32, and look, Griffin might get one more short-term contract elsewhere. He might go and have eight sacks again. But you just can't. Football's the one sport where I don't. I think trying to run things back again and again and again with guys gets to be there. There has to be a cutoff point where you just say you've done really well for us. We really appreciate it. We need your cash to put elsewhere. And quite frankly, you were just thirty-two. So are you going to still be as effective? You know, go back to four years. Griffin was a fantastic, unbelievable Pro Bowl player. He's no longer that player. And so I am all for. You've got to make decisions that are difficult, no matter how much you might like that player. Uh, gentlemen, a caller just pointed out as we're as we're looking at football players in their forties compared to Tom Brady, who looks like he's twenty three. I present to you George Blanda in his forties. <laughs> oh, George Blanda is the great. He's the greatest. And if I'm not mistaken, that's Freddie Bolitnikoff behind George Blanda, who has the. No, he's what basically got the side blonde long hair, yeah, he, but the hair on top is he, going. He's got the Hulk Hogan look yeah. going on. Yeah, I believe that's so the, the horseshoe. George Blanda, former situation. what kicker, former quarterback. Yeah, George kicker. George Blanda was well. He also played. George Blanda started his career with the Bears in the forties, in the nineteen forties. Yeah, he was still kicking for the Raiders in nineteen seventy five as a forty eight year old. What? He was a linebacker. He was a quarterback. Yeah. He was a kicker. For he was younger than me life. then than I almost oh my 30 gosh. years in the NFL. Wow. Amazing. And he started playing in the 1940s? He started playing in Gordie 1949. Howe with the man. Red Wings. He started in the 40s and was still playing for the Wings in like 72. Man, football is uh football. football. So, uh, before we get uh, we'll get back into more football. We have a lot to uncover with Sage Rosenfeld, Sage Football Wisdom, but just a couple minutes here on what happened last night at the barn. Jason Davis throws it down. In the face of the barnyard, Trace Jackson Davis off the feed. The left-hand power, timeout Minnesota. So the Gophers blow another lead last night. They lose at home to Indiana. They are 6-9 and nine in conference, and they are now 12-13 and 13 on the season. And any other team, any other year that would be 12-13 and 13 and 6-9 and nine in conference, there'd be just zero chatter about NCAA tournament. Well, they have such a great strength of schedule. And they have a lot of interesting wins on their... So they're, they're still within striking distance if they go on a run. But if they don't finish with, like, five wins to end the season, they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. It costs about $2 million to buy out Richard Pitino, so it's not a huge dent in the program. Uh, guys like John Beeline are now available. Without knowing what happens the rest of the way, and I would think running the table in the Big Ten is unlikely, or even going uh, what would be five of six or however many games they have left, how seriously should Mark Coyle be looking at, hey, it's been a good seven-year run for Richard Pitino? I think, and this is going to live up to my nickname, of course, of Panic, if you'd like to play the Panic Alarm, this past week, in the past, what, Sunday against the Hawkeyes, and then last night against... The Hoosiers, and I realize that two games is considered small sample size. But nonetheless, what we've seen in the last three games, especially the last two, um, is alarming. These are home games in which you had leads, in which against Iowa, you didn't score for the last 525. Last night, I think it was something like the last 215. You didn't have a, you didn't score points. Um, 
In Patino's favor is he's been to the NCAA tournament, I believe, two of the last three years, and Mark Coyle does like him. Not in his favor is, as you said, Phil, a $2 million buyout is not excessive now. I mean, you get so much from the Big Ten network that it's not like that's a lot. And he's not Mark Coyle's guy. I mean, Mark Coyle could very easily say, I hired P.J. Fleck, he's doing great. I I hired Motsko to be my hockey coach. They're doing fantastic now. I've got the magic touch. But as far as interest and go for basketball and and where things are trending with the program and just the overall lack of depth and inability to keep enough kids home and what we've seen of late, I think that there is a, unless something changes here drastically, I think it is a growing momentum shift to probably look very long and hard at making a change. Yeah, and, and despite his, I think he's like 32 games under 500 or 33 games under 500 in the Big Ten alone in his seven years here. And if you just looked at that, you'd be like, whoa, okay, seven years and you're 30 games under 500, just peace out. But he has also provided in those seven years an NIT victory with transfer players, basically. It was, it was an amazing coaching job his first year here where – Tubby Smith left nothing in the cupboards, and he brought in dudes from community colleges and from he brought in Joey King from Drake, and they wind up winning the NIT. And then they go and they win, uh, you know, 24, 25 games and go to the NCAA tournament as a, as a five seed at one point. Like he's brought at his peak, he has brought you some of the better seasons in Gopher basketball regular season history. It's not like this, it's not like this program has a storied history of final four runs and elite eight runs like they've only been to the tournament 14 times in program history so with that backdrop i do think this is a good time to have the discussion throughout the rest of this season what should we expect from this program and is patino has he plateaued or is there another level of this thing if aturo sticks around um are they are they bound to get back to maybe flirting with uh, top five in the big 10 next year but i think after seven years, you've had a chance to run your, you know, you've had a chance to put your fingerprints on this thing, and I think this is a good time to evaluate the whole. And I just, I would like to see this program regularly going to the NCAA tournament. And when you have one of the best big men in the country and Daniel Aturu, like you shouldn't miss the tournament. Has that ever been the case? Like because if correct me if I'm misremembering, but I think right after I got here, you were saying any talk that Richard Patino would be on the hot seat is ridiculous. Because as, time, yeah. as Judd pointed out, he's made the NCAA tournament two out of the last three years and find me the last Gophers head basketball coach to do that. Are you setting a realistic ceiling when you say consistently make the NCAA tournament? Has that ever been the norm I think for the so. Gophers basketball program? It, it hasn't, and, and that's the that's the question. I, I, I think because it hasn't been the norm doesn't mean that it should be our expectation going forward. Um, I would give Richard, I'd like to see them show some life down the stretch here, and I would like to see Uturu come back. If he doesn't, I don't know how much they can even do next year. Mm-hmm. I would like to see them make another run at this thing next year, but next year should be a hot seat year. I think it's fair to say that. And I think what, it probably what, is right now. I was going to say, I think what we're seeing right now probably makes this a hot seat year. And the thing that has changed, where I do think that um, expecting a competitive team on a yearly basis is now fair, is one, there's the in-state talent to substantiate that. It's not like, oh man, great recruiting year this year in-state, and next year stinks. We are churning out talent continually. The other change, and I think Fleck has done a great job of taking advantage of this, is the facilities now. And I know the barn's not the greatest place if it's not filled, but they have a place to practice now, which is great. They've got they've got all the amenities 
Rami, that for a long time we talked about that they did not have. Mm-hmm. And it was tough, but it's not now. And so it's not like you bring kids in and you're like, oh, this is so embarrassing. You're actually showing them some very, very cool things. Yeah. Uh, so I think all of that put together as a stew, to me, says, oh, no, you should be competitive continually now. Mm-hmm. This is no longer the Gophers circa 1991, for instance. And we'd love to hear from you listeners. We always are checking our Twitter accounts and the Scornock Twitter account and reading through your replies throughout the show. So we can throw this question out and you can tweet at us at Rami is tweeting at Jay Zolgat at Phil Mackey at score North. Are, are, where are you at with the Richard Patino era? Seven years in here uh, when it comes to go for basketball. Uh, when we come back, gentlemen, 25 more minutes of Mackey and Judd with Rami and it'll include Sage Rosenfels, our journeyman quarterback friend for some Sage football wisdom here. But let's first talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been around helping business owners here in the state of Minnesota and around the country for over a century. Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, you get 100-plus years of experience in uh, in Federated. You get a face-to-face relationship with somebody who will be very attentive to the success of your business. At Federated, they believe their value is measured by the success of their clients. And simply put, if you win they win. The seasoned insurance professionals at Federated will help you manage risks to help you avoid the devastation that comes with filing a claim. And if you do have to file a claim, you can take comfort in knowing that the extensive team of professionals is here to put their knowledge and experience to work for you. Federatedinsurance.com is the website, and that's where you can find a full list of all the industries that Federated protects. And you can find out more uh, information about your local federated representative. Federated is a proud partner of University of Minnesota Athletics, of the Timberwolves, and of us here at Score North. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Judd Zilgat. Thank you, Phil. I want to talk to you about my friend Jason Walgrave, the Walgrave Real Estate Team, and their guaranteed sales program. And you know, in this town, there's a lot of people who are probably going to be selling their house, right? They've either been, maybe they've been fired as a hockey coach. Perhaps they've been traded. Perhaps they have decided that they don't want to play for a local team and that they think to themselves, I'd like to play for a different team, and therefore, you know what I need to do? I need to sell my house, and I need to do it this spring or summer, and then perhaps they would call me, Judd, and they'd say, Judd, i got to get rid of my house. What should I do? I'd say, that's simple. I, I want you to contact Jason and uh, his friends, his group, and the Walgrave real estate team, and here's why I want you to do that, because they're going to guarantee the sale of your home. That's right. They're not going to guarantee the offer, because there are people in this town who guarantee offers on homes, and that sounds all well and good, but Jason Walgrave says, okay, I'm guaranteeing the sale. That means no stress. That means guaranteed sale. And all you have to do to take advantage is go to jasonsguarantee.com. That's Jason, J-A-S-O-N-S, guarantee.com. Click on the guaranteed sale button, and that will guarantee the sale of your home. Jonathan here with the Score North download brought to you by the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. We'll get you back to Mackie and Judd with Rami in just one moment. But first, the golf, the Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available right now over at scorenorth.com. Play 12, 18 hole rounds at 12 beautiful courses for just one low price for $75. That's a $435 value for just $75. Supplies limited. Visit scorenorth.com keyword deals to purchase and learn more. Also over at scorenorth.com. Matthew Collar writes, what 
writes about what the Vikings should do with Riley Reef, as well as Derek Wetmore's notes from spring training down in Fort Myers right now. He also has a piece on what force plates are doing to make the hitters better for the Twins this spring training. The best price on everything golf is at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show February 21st through the 23rd at the Minneapolis Convention Center. All advance paid tickets come with 21 green fee passes. Go to minnesotagolfshow.com to buy tickets. That's been your score or download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right, welcome back. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami here on Score North and the Score North app. It's Thursday. It's uh, Thursday and uh, 4.30 means Sage Football Wisdom with our journeyman quarterback friend and former Vikings quarterback, Sage Rosenfels. And uh, let's let's start with the drama that has been, as Bob Lee on Outside the Lions would say, percolating throughout the NFL landscape. Stefan Diggs, and I don't want to know your thoughts on like Stefan Diggs deleting his Instagram posts of Vikings and that stuff. I want to know from a quarterback perspective, how good is Stefan Diggs? How how good is he compared to other wide receivers from a quarterback perspective? He does make all quarterbacks better. He is an excellent route runner. Uh, you know, separation is like a quarterback's best friend, and the more a receiver can separate from his receiver, the less accurate a quarterback sort of has to be. When they're right on their back, it, it's not hard to throw a slant or or some sort of a shallow crossing route. He just has a way. He has speed. He has quickness. And then those types of guys usually aren't sort of good 50-50 ball guys, as in guys on the outside with one-on-one fade routes. They call those 50-50 balls. And a lot of times those really quick guys like the Wes Walkers who can get that separation, which are a quarterback's best friend, they're not they're inside guys. They're not outside guys who can do that. He's also really good on the outside. He's also good at just running deep stuff, just so straight-up speed posts. I mean, he really is a full wide receiver uh, and an excellent player. Um, but the hardest part with him, it seems like, is is that probably also is, motivates him, or maybe it's the fifth, you know, being a lower draft pick or whatever it is. But he seems to have this thing where it's like you know, Larry Fitzgerald is like seems to be never a pain in the neck, mm-hmm. right? He never has that like, oh man. He's got he's unhappy with his contract and this that and the other and he just sort of seems to always play everything the right way and Stefan Diggs seems to occasionally uh, you know make some you know sort of make waves or make uh, noise that is sort of concerning for everybody and it just makes it for a challenging relationship sometimes and when it comes to that noise whether it's sideline tirades or not showing up for practice for a couple days or winking into a camera or his Instagram antics. We hear the distraction label a lot, cancer in the locker room a lot. Is that overplayed? How much does that type, those types of antics affect the locker room, Sage? I mean, do you guys have anybody in that office that's just extremely annoying? Yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, like, they're really everybody. good at their job, but, you know, I'm the guy. Uh, he or she is just extremely annoying to be around. Like, if it's not this, it's that. Like, oh, another week, another something, right? I mean, uh, and the hard part is, I mean, you can imagine, like, in a regular workplace. Like, yeah, they're really good at what they do, but, man, they are getting on my nerves. And getting it sort of that does start to sort of wear on any, you know, work environment. And, and so, yeah, that's... I think there's a difference between like distractions and you know players being sort of 
in the news a lot. I, I think there's a difference. And, and uh, I, I see Russell Wilson in the news a lot. He's constantly at children's hospitals and doing this. And, and, and Kyle Rudolph in Minnesota, same sort of way. They're not usually distractions, though. It seems like Stefan's are, are more about distractions, which is usually about you know something with the contractor not getting the ball enough. And those two things... Uh, by a player who does get the ball a lot, and by a player who uh, you know had a huge jump of production from a yards per catch and thing standpoint this year, and is being paid very well, you'd like to think those guys shouldn't be distractions. Sage, give me the biggest uh, diva during the course of your career that you played with, and the best story to uh, articulate how that person might have created some issues that didn't need to happen. <sighs> Well, the biggest diva was probably like Michael Westbrook. Oh, he uh, my rookie year. He was like an, such an odd guy. I think he had something like a thousand suits. Like I'm talking like fancy two thousand dollar suits or something. I mean, the guy and he drove a Lamborghini. Uh, he was always sort of injured, and this has bothered me a little bit. He was just sort of a strange guy. Um, and would run the wrong route and come back and be like, well, we should be doing this. I mean, just like, what are what the world do you live in That's over the there? That's we should have run right there. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, well, I just ran to the green, you know, so... I mean, that's. I guess that's not really a distraction. Like, I'm talking, I'm talking like off the field distraction. Yeah, just I'm cause problems. That's a pretty good one. I mean, a guy who who doesn't take blame for running the wrong route and has a thousand, two thousand dollar suits. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, you know, Chad Johnson. You know, I thought he like. I love Otu Singa, but he was annoying, you know, when he played, right? I mean, I don't think all the stuff that he was doing was making the football team better. It was getting him a lot of exposure and a lot of, you know, it's that chasing fame thing. And, again, I, I think that's what, you know, people like like Larry Fitzgerald, people respect him about it because, listen, Larry loves attention. He loves being in the news and people thinking he's great, but he does those things that, you know, aren't annoying but are, are just like, you know, positive uh, and, and you know, team oriented and stuff. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to think about this one for a second. Going back through, uh, you know, um, mm, I don't know. I'm gonna have to think about this one for a second. I, I That's think, a good question. I think you're. I there it is, Judd. Nice job. Congratulations. I got the good, good question, question, boys. All right. It, it was at the end for the first time too. Mm, Judd, you want to uh, know an interesting story? I thought um, Antrell Roll when I was in New York, and I was there for one year. And Antrell would occasionally call the coaches, like straight up, and occasionally, you know, he was sort of the anti-Eli Manning sometimes, the press conference. He would say things that would sort of piss people off. But he also, and, and, and right after I left there, they won the Super Bowl with Antrell, that he also was sort of like the warrior. You know, like he was, uh, like, legitimately all ball. And it was, like, very personal to him, everything uh, and and one, I think one time he had to call out the coaching staff during preseason. Everybody called some other players or whatever, and people are like, you know, is it, he was probably on all the the PTIs of the world, like what Antrell Rolls talking about. And so I thought he was going to be almost one of those divisive guys, but actually, in reality, everyone loved Antrell, and like they sort of loved that passion about him. But it wasn't about his contract, or it wasn't about you know why he's not getting the ball more. You know, it was more of like I'd actually like to be used more defensively and do some more things because he was one of those guys, sort of a pre-Tyron Matthew, uh, where he was one of those guys that like was a good corner, was a good safety, was a good tackler, could play linebacker, could sort of play anywhere because he was just sort of a, a good football player, and he wasn't even fast. He was like a you know probably a four or five five guy or something like, like that. Why, so. why is it that so whenever we're talking about a football player who's being dramatic on social media and posting cryptic things and uh, and and maybe popping off 
uh, to the media, you know, some of these things that also uh, correlate with Stefan Diggs. Why is it never like the left guard? You know, why Why is it never, you know, why isn't like, or the or a defensive tackle? Why isn't like, Lin- why do we allow Joseph them? I, or something? I hate that. I hate how we like allow. And I always thought Gary Kubiak was really, really, um, uh, was, is the word opaque? He's really clear, I should say, about like what he expected of you as a player. And he did not really allow like receivers to be divas and offensive linemen to like not have any sort of voice. Like everyone was very, very equal. And I always respected that about him. You know, a lot of coaches going back to sort of, you know, really forever, but you could say again, like the Jimmy uh, Johnson days in Dallas is, is like, listen, there's certain positions that we just allow for, you know, uh, annoying or, or selfish behavior or media, you know, spotlight, uh, uh, whatever, chasing, and other players we sort of don't. And I sort of, you know, I think it's all, like, I, I think you try to make a team, everyone equal, I get it, like you have these superstar things. But the best superstars I was ever around, the ones that didn't act that way. Andre Johnson, I can't say enough about that guy. In that position, and, and of course, you know, he's a quieter guy, so it sort of helps, uh, maybe a little more of an introvert, but it was so refreshing to have the guy who was hands down the best player on our football team when I was in Houston to be not a distraction, like ever. There was one issue one time with this contract because he's probably signed a, a, an undermarket deal and he had like two years left, and, and but that was really it. Uh, he was always team-oriented, and, and to have that on your team where the best, one of the best players, like the most humble. I mean, our Friday workouts were the Andre Johnson workout in the summertime. We went Monday through Thursday, and Friday was optional. And if you went, it was the Andre Johnson run, and it was hell. It was terrible, uh, which is why I rarely did it. Uh, so, uh, but Andre was one of those guys, and I, that's that's what you're looking for on your football team. You know, they're hard to find. You know, ego is quite the thing uh, in sports and in life. And and uh, I just um, Stefan Stefan Diggs is a great football player. He's a he's a fantastic receiver. I wish I could have played with a guy like him. And uh, I, I hope that whatever's going on, that he finds happiness playing for the Vikings, making a heck of a paycheck. And at some point, he's probably going to get another paycheck, whether from the, from the Vikings or somebody else. But he, he is really important to have on this football team. How long is DeAndre Johnson running? and what kind of terrain are we talking about here? Well, you know, we're talking Houston, so there's there are no hills here, right? We're just talking about, like, you know, on the practice field. But it was just the different types of things they would do and the number of sprints and the back and forth and the agility stuff. Oh. Uh, it was like stuff they did back at the University of Miami. Uh, and Football. Uh, the way those guys worked out in the summertime, I guess, is a little different in South Florida. So it was, it was like the Andre Johnson workout. It was just, you know, it was a lot of running. It was just really hard. Sage, your thoughts on the proposal that we saw uh, come down yesterday, which I think has been percolating for a while now, though, adding a playoff team to each conference, and ultimately, I think that would be for 2020, ultimately for 2021 then, going to uh, the expanded 17-game schedule. And here's the one thing that surprised me, dialing it back to uh, three preseason games. I thought we were talking one or two. So ultimately, though, a league that talks all the time about how much they care about player safety and keeping guys away from concussions now is talking about adding uh, more playoff teams and one more for now regular season game. Yeah, you know what's interesting is the preseason games, um, they shouldn't be, I almost feel like they shouldn't be considered like regular games at all. I think they're vitally important uh, for young players, for players with, with not much experience, for young quarterbacks. I mean, 
I, a lot of people, just like me, like sort of made it in the league by earning it in the preseason sort of year after year after year and that then extended into a career where maybe they weren't as good. You know, they're raw out of college. Offensive linemen, that'd be a great place for those guys to get, you know, true true game reps and, and game at, you know type action at an NFL level because there's a vast array of, like, offensive line coaching in college football, right? So I think they're really important. They just shouldn't be sold. They should be sort of sold in a different package, I think, of like the young guys game or the, you know, maybe you have a, a, a roster of young players trying to make the team and you have a roster of like these sort of XFL type guys. And, and if someone, some do well, they make the, they make training camp you know, or, the, or they make the active actual roster for the season or something like that, right? So I think they're, I think they're actually important. Uh, I, I'm really interested on what they come down with here if they go 14 uh, postseason games or four, four, I should say 14 teams in the postseason, right? Yeah. And a 17-game schedule. Most importantly, I just wonder if I'm going to make more money. Like, am I going to get more money out of this? I mean, like that's, I don't, you know, probably not. Like so you, I don't Sage, really care. Or, an, or an active NFL football player. What exactly? As like Sage currently as a retired football player, <laughs> am I going to make more money? You know, is like my 401k going to get more cash put into it or my annuity or something I'm getting when I'm 55 or 60 years old? Like, you know, that's sort of the thing is, is it's hard. It, it would be somebody recommended like the players should be going for lifetime benefits. And I'm like, well, is that former players too going for lifetime benefits? That'd be nice to not have that bill uh, that I currently have every month. So, you know, no, I, I don't know. I, I, the NFL plays a lot of games. I think sort of the eight-team, you know, 16-game schedule with, with uh, four divisions of eight and how they do it now, like, just feels perfect to me. It's like when people talk about having an expanded uh, 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 33rd team, like in London or something. I'm like, I sort of love, it's almost, a, it's a perfect sort of, you know, eights and fours and twos. It's it's a tournament set up perfectly. I don't know. I, I, I like that there's a one and a two seed. Um, in in, in uh, the playoffs, uh, in this 14-game format, there would just be a one seed would get the bye, and that's it. Uh, the two would have to play you know, in a game, and, and I like that one and twos get byes. So I'm not a big fan of it, uh, expand the playoffs. I think if they do another week, they're going to have to add another um, bye week, which I think really they can do because you know what? Like what we learned about the XFL, if you extended the NFL season super long, people would, would watch – enough of the game that's not their game that week right like with you know the vikings bye week people still watch football you end up watching the bears packers game or something like that and so to have more bye weeks uh i think would actually you know hugely increase uh um uh adding it would go from a 17 week to a 19 week season it's you know two more weeks of football games and so i think in a bye week and a a 17th game that actually would make sense i think players would actually love having a second bye week is scratching one preseason game off the schedule an attractive bargaining chip if you're an established player in this league who probably wasn't going to play in at least one probably two preseason games anyways you know, I don't know about how much like older guys really care about like younger guys getting more reps and beating them out. Um, you know, I, I the hard part about the preseason games are there's those guys that are there's like twenty guys or maybe fifteen guys who are are they going even as a vet or a young guy are they going to make the team? Are they not going to make the team? They really have to you know play in those games and see which guy plays the best and see what you know what the organization sees out of both of them and, and the issue with that is sometimes those are you know 12 year defensive linemen who are on the end of their career and maybe physically they're not as good as these young guys but of course they ha- may have they have all the experience and the mental side and of course it's much easier for coaches when you have experienced guys but you know those guys are also competing for that 49th spot on the roster or whatever it might be so um 
you know, the, I said the, the, the preseason game is aspect of everything is really interesting. I didn't even realize for a while into my career that they were, you know, being charged the same amount for preseason games as regular season games. It blew my mind that people were, that was like a part of the whole, you know, sort of ticket package that basically that was the equal price. So they should be priced differently. Yep. You know, I think you put those things at 20 or 25 bucks. Now you can get a lot of people that no, don't normally can come to football games actually can show up. Um, you drop, you know, concession stand prices, and you try to get as many people in there as possible because uh, people will watch. You know, and I, I'm sure a lot of people in Minneapolis who can't afford to go to a, a game at U.S. Bank Stadium would love to bring their family uh, in for a game for a hundred bucks or something like that, rather than you know five hundred dollars. So uh, I think there's a way they can make it just whether it's making more money or not uh, a better product. And and, I, and again, I, I do see the value of these preseason games. Sage boys. Mackie and I hit on this, I think, two years back, and Sage just named the games perfectly. The young guys' games would not be played in August. They would be played as part of a June preseason in which you only play the guys that NFL Summer League. Exactly right. And so you have June games because I'm much more likely to be drawn to, oh, wow, a football game with NFL-type talent Mm -hmm. in June than I am in August. So, Sage, welcome aboard. This is actually an idea that I think could work. And think about this real quick. So the the NBA has, it's been about 10 years now that the NBA Summer League has been a Mm -hmm. huge thing. And it's a place not only where scouts and executives and coaches and media sort of congregate for a week, two weeks, but they actually fill the arenas with fans who are watching Draft pick players and second year players, and it it, it it it's a fun watch. And it's like it 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 sort of wets your whistle. And and so if you're yeah. telling me that uh, let's let's get rid of preseason games or have a, a three game or a three week summer league, and we get to watch the third string quarterbacks do battle, that's where everyone can watch twelve quarters of Kyle Sloter. Okay, <laughs> if you want to watch Kyle Sloter for twelve quarters, slinging the ball around, do it in June or July before actual training. Well, camp. if you It'd really want to get into like the thought process of expanding this whole thing. And like if you think about how OTAs work now, what you do is you'd have a monster roster. It'd be like 130 players or something like that. Eh, maybe 120 players. But you do your your OTAs and all that stuff more springtime, less summertime. So we're talking like April and uh, May, and then that June July would be the younger players uh, in a sense, uh, actually you know having one week of like padded practices. And then they go into, you know, a four-game preseason or something like that. Uh, or however it work, right? It'd be, basically, there'd be a preseason before the preseason. But you just have to move everything back, and, and then those players would have a chance to make the actual tr- sort of training camp roster of two weeks, and then, boom, you're into, this, into, into the, uh, the actual um, uh, season itself, right? So I, I, could, I think that would be you know, a, a different way to go and, and have a chance for more younger guys, in particular quarterbacks and offensive linemen, to get more experience. Yeah. Uh, sage football wisdom here, Mackie and Jub with Rami. So the latest Mel Kuyper mock drafts, Godfather Mock, his 2.0 earlier this week, <laughs> he dropped a bombshell. He has the Detroit Lions taking Tua at number three. And so we've sort of been speculating here for a month, month and a half. Well, what would it take if the if the Vikings really wanted to move on Tua and sort of do what the Chiefs did a couple of years ago to move up a bunch of picks to get to, to Pat Mahomes? But, what but would it to cost? ten, but to ten, correct to three. But now that like if if the Lions do this at three, then then you know the Vikings have no shot. But 
How much have you had a chance to uh, look at Tua tape? What do you know about him? And and, and if, if he stays healthy, how good do you think he is? If Tua is healthy, and I'd, I'd like to know what all of his, you know, when he goes to the combine next week, he'll have to go through all these MRIs, all these doctors that will be, you know, checking out every single injury that they actually have seen on the University of Alabama charts that say what these players have had. You know, oh, he had a sprain to this, he had a torn this, he had a surgery here. They are going to go through all of that. Um, that intrigues me for one. But if you take that injury aspect out of it, and I've watched Tua, I've watched Joe Burrow, I've watched uh, uh, Justin Herbert, I've watched the Jordan Love kid a little bit, um, Tua is the best quarterback. I, I think he's better than Joe Burrow. I would take him. I think there's more things that he does. He's a, a more, I don't want to say exciting player, but um, he makes more plays happen. He's extre- he's very, very accurate. Um, there's so many things I like about him. He's got great feet. Um, I, I think he could be a really good NFL quarterback. I think he, I think he will be better than Joe Burrow. So, um, that, but he's been injured some, and he's injured currently, and, and you know who knows when that when he'll be healthy to actually get going. But um, I, I could see him definitely going to the first five picks of the draft. There's some speculation now with Joe Burrow hinting that he might try and leverage his way out of Cincinnati, that that number one pick could be up for grabs for Burrow or Tua if a team really likes Tua. If you're a general manager of a football team, are you willing to trade up to number one to get ahead of the Lions and anybody else who might want Tua? Yeah, that, you know that's a good. That's gonna be a long ways to go, though. And and you know, we'll. I I, I can see not wanting to play for Cincinnati, though. You know, I, I sort of wonder what listeners, um, you know, think of that. You know, people that are, have that you know, had to go through the process of being an NFL player. It's it's interesting. You know, you get drafted by a team. Who else like leaves high school or leaves college, um, and your next job is you have no decision as to which company and in which city it is. You have you, you have it could be any of like. 29 or 30 different places and you can't control that well you actually sort of can i guess in that number one uh uh, spot you know and 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 so and cincinnati just has a long history of not being a uh, sort of a top flight franchise the chances of winning there or like the la chargers or just some of these teams is just harder because the ownership does not sort of get it uh, and on a multiple different fronts. And so I can see him not wanting to go there. I, it worked out really well for Eli Manning, worked out really well for John Elway. Uh, and, you know, if I'm Joe Burrow, I'm, I'm you don't have much leverage, but the only really leverage you have is to sort of, you know, be cold on the whole thing, not say too much, and, you know, probably behind the scenes either hope you're not the number one pick um, or you know, try to work your way to somewhere else to to another team. So or another team trade for you, or however, you know that works out. They might be trading, might be talking to a team that where they want to is the first pick, you know, and try to get them to to move up, and they'll go to that te- you know the other team instead or something like that. Cincinnati, I, you know, I, I think Tua would rather. I think I'm, I'm guessing you'd like to play like in Miami, um, uh, who who has the third pick, I think, or something. Uh, so, yep. you know, yep. fifth pick. So I, I, I would assume that he would want to play there or maybe, you know, somewhere like the Chargers, somewhere that's, uh, you know, more used to his, his warmer temps. Sage, super important question for you. At your local grocery store, you go up to the deli counter. Do you take what's in the case or do you ask for fresh sliced meats? Uh, I just say I'll have a pound of your roasted turkey, and whatever they do after that's up to them. Really? Hmm. All right. Yep. Okay. You know why? Because he doesn't want to create problems. He's, so, do you really think I'm you're probably on? I'm probably. I probably am not even. 
I'm probably saying it to him and then looking at Twitter on my phone because I know I got to wait here for the next four minutes. See, they're saying I'm high maintenance because I want fresh sliced every time. He, I, don't, I don't want what's been sliced and sitting in your deli case. Yeah, don't make life hard on he me. Al- he also goes to, to a drive through at the fast food place and now checks this, the bag before he moves. Of course, I check the bag. Wait. Now, Sage, there, there we're on the same page, right? You got to check the bag before you leave the drive through, right? Uh, incorrect. You check. You pull up. You check the bag. Uh, so the next person can get in there. You have a problem. You park and you walk in. Yeah. But now it becomes work for me if the but order you, is screwed uh, up. That's now fine, I got to go inside. Yeah, but the chances of the I, I usually don't have a problem. So we're saying like one out of twenty five times for me, there's something missing in there. So take ten seconds. The other twenty four times, I'm causing all these people the whole process. There's a process here, and you're clogging it up. So you got to get out of the way. This so man you go in. Like a but if you have a problem, you can go in and you can be you can be really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm high maintenance. I don't know. Maybe I'm a Stefan Diggs like diva. We I don't know. I don't know. I guess so. Well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's fast food's a team sport. You got to you got to yeah, do your do your job. <laughs> and that's uh, that's the type of sage football and life wisdom you get here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. You can also find Sage Mondays and Wednesdays on Purple Daily with Matthew Collar and we will uh we'll, we're sending you out to the combine next week and so the next time we talk you'll be in Indianapolis, sir. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and we didn't even talk about Everson Griffin today with with this situation. So, you know, what are the Vikings going to do there and and trades and Stefan Diggs and you know, things happen at the senior bowl, things happen at the combine. Uh, things get interesting as we get towards free agency just in a, a couple weeks, and then obviously the draft not long after that. You know, the NFL's second season, or maybe the most fun season, is the offseason, and that, uh, that starts at the Combine. So Mackie and Jeb with Rami, that's been Sage Football Wisdom here on Score North. And when we come back, 10 days of Twins talk. Day number nine, can Jose Barrios become an ace in 2020? We will talk to Derek Wetmore from Fort Myers. We also have, as you may have heard, some potential controversy in the good question standings that we have to circle that back to. That was outrageous. Okay? I think the fix is in. I'm more and more convinced every day that the fix is in. A little bit of a check swing there by Sage yeah. Rosenfels. And we'll, sure it we'll, was. We'll break down the tape here after we get done talking twins. Mackie and Jeb with Rami here. Uh, one of my favorite places in the Twin Cities is on the corner of 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. That would be Luther Brookdale Toyota, where my family and I have been going for Vehicle service, for trade-ins, for buying new, used, leasing, you name it, for 30-plus years. You know, all throughout the month of February, if you've got a service light on in your vehicle, and I don't know, maybe you don't even know what it is. If you're like me and you don't really know that much about cars, uh, these random lights pop up, exclamation point. I don't know what the heck it is, but you bring it into Luther Brookdale Toyota. Did you ever get the exclamation point checked out? I did, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know what it was. They did they never they, you didn't ask what it is? I went in for maintenance. Yeah. They turned the light off. They did the maintenance and that was it. <laughs> you didn't go didn't up to anybody any and say, "Hey, what was that light that was on my dashboard?" The less you know. You don't even want to know. The less you know cuz hey. I know I know they're not trying to hoodwink me. Sure. No, I just out of curiosity, I would have asked. Yeah. I forgot. I don't know. They take <laughs> They take care of you. I think it's the tires. They though. take care of you. Exclamation point? Yeah, it's, you got a low tire pressure. I think it's the tires. So if you want to find out what that exclamation point means, stop in. 694 in Brooklyn with our Luther Or if Brookdale, you don't, Toyota. if you just want them to fix it and never tell you what it is, they'll do that too. Either way. Yep. Either way. We sit here in the TCL studios. Enjoy more with TCL. TCL gives you the best combination of picture quality, of entertainment slash streaming options. If you're a cord cutter like I have become in the last month or so. 
You get access to 5,000 streaming platforms and channels, 500,000 movies and TV show episodes. And uh, if you stop into, say, Target, for instance, you can also find the TCL Alto Soundbar, which provides the perfect complement to the TVs we've been talking about here at Score North all year round. You get the Alto Soundbar, you get the picture quality, you get the connected options. You don't have to leave your couch, your living room. It's amazing. TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand, and you find out why when you stare at one. You find out why, even if you have cable or satellite, when you use the easy-to-toggle remote back and forth on the same menu. Um, and, 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 I, and I'm telling you, as a cord cutter, I just love the fact that the Roku device is built into the TV because part of cutting the cord is literally not having cords. You just want as few things as possible, and you get that with the TCL 4K Roku TV. Mackie and Judd with Rami here on Score North. Win four tickets to Arnie's Cabin at this year's 3M Open through the Score North mobile app. All you have to do is download the app, register the app, and enter to win. Tickets include tournament admission for Thursday, July 23rd, access to a climate-controlled hospitality tent near the 18th green, and complimentary food and full bar. For tickets to this year's 3M Open, visit 3MOpen.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Swing and a drive, first pitch. It's two to nothing. The rain has come again. It's 10 days of Twins Talk on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Yeah. Day number nine of our 10 days of Twins Talk. We sent Derek Wetmore and the Scornor Twins Show down to Fort Myers, Florida. We're going to send Judd down there in a few weeks. We love talking baseball on Score North, and the Twins are going to be damn good in 2020, and so we have got you covered. Uh, Derek, I, there's a few things we want to dive into, but how you holding up down there? You're, uh, you're almost two weeks into your, your Fort Myers venture. How are things? Things are good. Rami will be happy to hear. I am a little sun-kissed after the last day or two, standing out in the sun watching live BP. But you know what? I'm going to soldier on. I'll march on for you guys. Lobster red yet? Or not where quite. Are we at? Okay. No, no. We're All not. Right. Listen, this is not my first rodeo. <laughs> we're not going to get that bad because the plane ride would be awful. And I'm coming back home this weekend to see you guys. I got a question. So, yes, sir. So we got the obligatory, oh, the Twin Cities media is going to eat at a great place and take their picture on a beach last night. <laughs> and I was looking through all of the people in the picture. Did you take the picture or were you left out? Yeah, I did not make the trip out to Captiva, Sanibel this year. So no, I, I wasn't taking that photo. I just plumb wasn't in it. Is there tension? Were you invited? Is there a falling uh, out? No, no, we're good. Okay. I'm friends with everybody that's down here. Uh, no, I had some stuff to wrap up for the Score North Twin Show. So okay. I, uh, you know, sunset's pretty early, you know? It's like quarter to six, so you got to leave to get through that traffic to get to the beach. I, long story short, I didn't make the trip. I was working, okay? I'm proud of you. No, 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 no. Sports Dad is proud. No, you know what? <laughs> it only took eight years for Derek to finally make Sports Dad proud of him. <laughs> here, Here's the thing, Sports Son. Sunsets overrated. They happen every night. Exactly. And they, they ain't special. That globe goes up and comes down and goes up and the world goes on. You know, no, you're thank just, you. As our mutual friend Patrick Royce would say, just Google it. I love, I love that 73-year-old man. Amazing. Google so it. So here is, here's the question for today's 10 Days of Twins Talk. 
And I'll throw it out to Derek, and then let's let's all answer this question however we see fit. Jose Barrios is a two-time All-Star. This will be his fifth season as a Major League starting pitcher. He's racked up about 600 innings, career ERA of 421, although that's inflated because of his 802 ERA in his first season. So uh, 368 ERA last year. He's the best pitcher on the staff, but he's not of the level of some of the ace pitchers we've seen, the Garrett Coles, the Max Scherzers. Do you think Jose Barrios can reach ace status in 2020? Yeah, I think the obvious answer is yes. He's got the stuff. He's got the command. Clearly, he has the work ethic. I think the thing that's been a question in the past is like the consistency and and the demeanor at times, right? Because we've talked about if it's a rocky inning, especially early in his career. Granted, he was young, but 23-year-old Jose Barrios was not exactly great at stemming the tide. It was, you know... Drip, 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 flood, and that balloons your ERA in a hurry. Aces don't do that. Aces get into trouble, and then they get themselves out of trouble. Um, I will say, it's become almost like a foregone conclusion to the the people that I talk with that, like, yeah, there's just another level for this guy. The stuff is there. He's got that, uh, just that pro attitude on the mound. All the superlatives you can lump on a guy. Uh, the Twins think he's ready for a big year this season. What do you guys think? Is he an ace? I think if what I'm hearing, that he's taking recovery more seriously, not just the work aspect of, of being in the best shape that he can possibly be, but also paying attention to the recovery aspect of it, which I'm hearing he has, then, yeah, that that can make all the difference because this is a guy who, he, I mean, he looked like an ace through July last season, Derek, and then all of a sudden it just wasn't there. The velocity was dropping off. He and uh, and the pitching coach, Wes Johnson, did some things in September and into October that seemed to get a little bit more life in the fastball, but I think that's what it comes down to. Like, does this guy really value recovery the way that you need to value recovery when you're a pro athlete? Right. So I think the answer is yes on on him getting to another level and reaching ace status. And one of the reasons why, well, well I guess the two main reasons why, he seems obsessed with getting there. It's sometimes to a fault where... He doesn't take rest and recovery seriously, and he's and he's conditioning himself. And there's a reason why I think in August and September his combined career ERA is five and a half. He just he fades, but I think he has an obsession with getting to that next level. And I don't know if you could say that about every pitcher in the major league. So that's step number one. Do you want to get to that next level? I think he does. But then the other component here, if you look at a lot of the ace pitchers around baseball, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander. Guys who came up and were very good for like the first four or five years, and then when they were like 27, 28, 29, the ace switch flipped, and they reached a totally different level. Max Scherzer was a really good pitcher for like four or five years. Never made an all-star game, but he was, he was pretty rock solid for the Diamondbacks and for the Tigers. And then when he turned 28, it was like everything crystallized for him. And Jose Barrios is only 25. So to, to, to sit here and say that oh, he's 25, he's there, he, he is who he is for the rest of his career would be incorrect. I think he has a chance to reach that next level this season. I want to I, I see, Derek, the one thing in covering him. I'd like to see this be the first year that he gets sort of that bulldog look, though, at times. He, he gets, I think he's a good kid, okay? But I think he gets affected by things that he can't control at times, and aces ordinarily don't. And so I'd love to see him mentally, more than the recovery thing, which obviously, as Rami talked about, is important. But I'd like to see him flip the switch of where 
his environment at times, if this makes sense, doesn't impact him as much mentally. And if, yes. And if he can get there, and he can because he's still young, but I really think that that's a key component. You know, small thing from last year that I think a lot of people dismiss, but I thought to myself, this is sort of weird. Who was the guy that they lost to Philadelphia and he got, I think, tr- or traded and or sold? Was it minor? It was a pitcher of really not much significance. And Barrios took to Twitter and was like, man, they'll do anything for money. You put out some cryptic tweet. And yes, the Twins yes, basically yes. and the Twins basically went to him and was like, Jose, no, this isn't how that works. We didn't we're not being cheap here. But it wasn't the fact that he thought they were being cheap. It was sort of how he was impacted by that. And and that's the type of thing that I think needs to as a as a hardcore ace type baseball player you need to be like, okay, that's the business. Too bad. I'm going back to my job now. So for me, it's also a mental step that I would like to see him take. That would actually make him a little bit more, not necessarily of a jerk, but a little bit more hardened at times. Yeah, what was your guys' favorite moment of the Mike Morin Twins more, era? More, thank you. Wow. Yeah, to, like, wow. So many to so, pick from, Derek. Yeah, a, so, a couple Man. of things, actually, Judd, on, on that. I, I think Jose can take that step forward this year, and i got two reasons for you. Like One, it just helps to have stuff. There's only so many people, right, that can have a breaking wall like Jose Brios paired with a mid-90s fastball. That just that doesn't happen very often. Granted, you can have stuff and not be a great pitcher, but I'm just saying it's a great place to start. The second reason that I think he can make that step is, and I wouldn't have known this without being down here in Fort Myers, the people that are around him. You see Johan Santana throwing his arm around him, talking I'm sure the finer points of pitching and probably that mentality on the mound that you're talking about. And then a quiet leader. I was watching live BP yesterday on the main field here, which I'm looking out over for this radio hit. And Barrios is just standing on the top step of the dugout, arms over the railing. He's watching his teammates throw. I think Odorizzi was on the mound at the time. And on Saunters, Rich Hill throws his arm over the railing too. They're both just sitting there. Maybe chit-chatting, maybe in silence, just watching the pitchers and hitters interact out on the main field. And that's subtle, that's small. It's not just that interaction that's going to do it. But if you guys have had a chance to watch Rich Hill on the mound, and he is just the nicest guy in the clubhouse, he's like probably an early front runner for media good guy, and we haven't even left Fort Myers yet, and he might not even pitch half of the season. But when he's on the mound, I think you used the term bulldog, Judd, he is an absolute force in a almost like alter ego, completely different person. I think that sort of mentality, that sort of teammate, that sort of attitude that's going to be able to rub off on Barrios this year, especially when Rich Hill gets onto the staff, I think that could do loads for his confidence and for his mind state out on the mound. Has Homer Bailey made any impression on you? Rich Hill clearly has. Homer Bailey is another new face in that rotation. Has he made any impression on you whatsoever? Nah, quiet guy. Um, he The Twins like him. The Twins are betting on his breakout last year after he was traded to the A's. But, no, I I haven't had a chance to talk with him very much other than, hi, how you doing? Um, he's going to be in the rotation from opening day, though. And I know that the Twins think more highly of him than, I think, the 
consensus crowd does, Rami. First I'll of all, that. first of all, let's be clear: the Twins think more highly of him than Derek Wetmore does, and that that was the least Wetmore endorsement I think I've ever heard from you on the airways. Listen, yeah, he shows up. I think he's a person. He's got a locker. No, I believe, he li- they gave him a jersey this year. He's making some money. Well, let's talk about Rich Hill because he is a family. <laughs> the first thing he said in response to well, my question no. was, eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. No, listen, I was trying to hide behind that old reporter crutch of, what do you think about the critics who say blah, 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 blah. Um, by the way, guys, I was looking up pitcher contracts the other day for the story that I wrote on um, Barrios and others um, for today, which you can find on scorenorth.com. And, and the, the Score North, North app. So, so, so free. <laughs> and uh, I, basically, here's what I reported today was that, the Twins don't have any traction on internal contract extensions yet, but those could heat up later in spring trainings. Anyways, I was looking for player comps. What would a Barrios contract extension look like? Do you know Homer Bailey's made like $100 million in his career? God bless America. Man. Exactly right. So you guys laugh and do that all you want, but this dude has been paid quite handsomely to play a kid's game and doing it at a pretty high level for a long time. Uh, he uh, he gets the last laugh in life, I guess, is the moral of the story. Definitely. So, Derek Wetmore, Score North Twin Show. At the risk of blowing your cover here, to what degree can we tease the potential awesomeness of tomorrow's episode? Or should we just let that... I don't want to jinx anything. Dude, yeah. Only because there are some variables up in the air, I will just say... One of the most popular twins of all time, and somebody who might try to come for his crown, have agreed to sit down and talk tomorrow. We'll see. That could be awesome. And if you aren't already subscribed to the Score North Twin Show, Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, and you can follow Derek Wetmore on both Twitter and Instagram. We will catch you later, Derek. See ya. Thanks, guys. All right, that's uh, Derek Wetmore down in Fort Myers, Florida. I'm intrigued. We got a little breaking news here. <laughs> It was a joint announcement by both the Los Angeles Sparks of the WNBA and the Minnesota Lynx that both sent out posts around the same time here, just in the last 10 minutes. Simone Augustus, who played 14 years and 427 games with the Minnesota Lynx, eight-time All-Star, one of the greatest WNBA players of all time, has agreed to a contract with the main rival of the Los Angeles Lynx, or I'm sorry, of the Minnesota Lynx, the Los Angeles Sparks. Simone Augustus just signed with the Sparks. I got a lot of questions. I thought she was coming back here. I thought it was almost a formality. Am I wrong? That's what Doogie was saying on Tuesday. Not to throw him under the bus, but like that was the word coming out of Lynx camp is that she was going to... And plus, she's played 14 years with the Lynx. So this is like jumping from the Yankees to the Red Sox. After you've gone back and forth in the finals or in the World yeah. Series. Uh, I mean, last year was rough. She only played 12 games, started only seven. She was banged up. Only played 13 minutes a game and only averaged 3.8 points per game. So she was obviously not the same player at age 36 sure. as she used to be. Still surprising. But I don't know. Like I need to know more about this. Did she? It seems weird that she would pick in the twilight of her career right. that she would pick the Sparks after all these years with the Lynx. It just seems like a weird, unnecessary jump. Could there be some tension here? Like, did the Lynx offer her a contract and she said, "No, I'd rather play for the Sparks," or was it the Lynx saying, "Hey, it's been a good run." Listen, we're just not going to have room for you because now we're just looking to get a little bit younger here. And then she signed with whoever was interested. But uh, the Lynx did send out a tweet, and it reads like this. 
14 years, four rings, countless memories. Thank you, Money Moan. And uh, it's just a picture of her in a celebratory uh, pose. Can so. I admit this? I am always here for the drama. Oh, I, we know, Judd. I just love You're not admitting anything to us. No, we but I'm that. just saying. That's, I, you, that's I just, who you are in I a just, nutshell. I just love the drama. You prefer drama over success. You prefer we have dr- drama-filled organizations and rather than... Chaos tro- and drama are rather so than much better. Full ca- trophy cases. Judd prefers full drama rather I'd than full to, trophy cases. I'd love to fight you. <laughs> I'd love to scream and say you're wrong. I can't. I'm so flawed. I'm so flawed as a person. Chaos and You're drama. damaged human being. So much better. You're a damaged human being. And you know what? Good. Minnesota sports got me here. Yeah. I was going to say, something about your upbringing yeah. has made you this way. You're right. That's what did it. It was Minnesota sports. 100% right. Uh, that's Judd Zolgad, everybody. Always chasing ambulances instead of rings here in Twin Cities. <laughs> Rami's right. Um, all right. If you listen to us... 20, 25, 30 minutes ago, Sage Football Wisdom was a great time with Sage. And early on in the interview, Judd Zolgad asked a question. Sage answered it. And at the very end, Sage gave Judd the the hat tip and said, that was a good question. Good question, Judd. And so let me hit this here. Hold on. Is that working? My headphones are And it was the first time, I believe, in the competition that we've had the backdoor good question. Yeah, where where he answers the question. Then at the end, he says. Comma, good question. Yeah, after answering it, that was a really good question. Yep. So at that time, and if you're new to this, we have standings for good questions. That's right. We are awarding each other for how often a guest or a contributor this is tells us that it was a good question. This was outrageous. I'm Judd has, with you on this, actually. Judd, you have five good questions. I have three. Rami trailing with two, but trying hard. Are we are we splitting hairs between good and great, by the way? Don't patronize me with your trying hard. No, <laughs> yeah. I think... I think Rami, Rami's working really hard, Mrs. Maklov. I mean, it's great. Little Rami, we're just going to hold really him a, back for another year in second really grade. He's really applying himself. Yeah. I, yeah. I know he should be in fifth grade, but just one more year in second grade. Okay, don't. Spare me. No, I feel bad. I feel for you. So we've got these good question standings. It's good or great, right? Judd was asking you for... It's all the same. Okay, that's what I was asking. Hairs. Good or great, yeah. okay. you get the point. It's all, okay. it's all the same. Yeah. Outstanding. If, it, if sure. someone says that's an amazing any question... Pra- any praise for a question. I was just, gonna, I was yeah. just going to point this out because what you're about to do started as a great... I mean, at the highest of the high. What? what, what the response you're about to play okay. started with a grr. So grr. this is a clip from <laughs> the Sage... Rosenfeld's discussion today. Okay, There's some speculation now with Joe Burrow hinting that he might try and leverage his way out of Cincinnati, that that number one pick could be up for grabs for Burrow or Tua if a team really likes Tua. If you're a general manager of a football team, are you willing to trade up to number one to get ahead of the Lions and anybody else who might want Tua? Yeah, but, you know that's a good. That's gonna be a long ways to go, though. And, oh, come on, and, you know, we'll... come on, oh. false start on the journeyman QB. Oh, so did you guys? Close. Did you guys set me up? Can we isolate it more? Can we just isolate Sage? Because I, yeah, we actually Jonathan has slowed it down. Oh yes. Okay, so he starts. It sounds like he starts with you know that's a that's a and the G comes pivots. out. He's a, that's a good. It was the a G it was, came it was, out. It was yeah. a check swing. Yeah, it was a check swing. Yeah. All right, let's listen to it in slow mo here. Okay. Yeah, but, you know, that's good. That's good. Oh. oh, you're right. It was good. It was good. Not great. He was Sorry, about to say good, good, though. He was about yeah, That's a good. Can we get. That's a good. Can we get Sage on the phone for a review of the call? 
And if he was, I'm if he, wave this off. If he was about to say uh, that's a good yeah, question, I don't can we ask him if he was about to say that's but a good question? But it's a check question, swing, man. You can't matter. go back and swing at the ball to check the swing. swing or if you his don't get intent, it all, at all. intent is what matters here. If his intent, intent follows the question, was to say that it was a good question, no, no, and then he got distracted or sidetracked. All right. Well, this listen. We're we need to set parameters intent. here. Okay. How far does the sentence need to go before it counts as a good question? So if he says that's a good, and then stops. Does it count? No. You'd say the whole thing. Let's play this again. How far did he go? We're going to slow this down. He got G-O out. Yeah, Upon yeah. review with the slow-mo, he, did. he, did. he got G-O out. Right, let's, let's play You're it right. again. There's some speculation now with Joe Burrow hinting that he might try and leverage his way out of Cincinnati, that that number one pick... Could be up for grabs for Burrow or Tua if a team really likes Tua. If you're a general manager of a football team, are you willing to trade up to number one to get ahead of the Lions and anybody else who might want Tua? Yeah, but, you know that's a good. That's gonna be a long ways to go. Play the isolated. Play the isolated. Slow down. Good. He got good. He said good. Play good all the way. Play again. Yeah, but you know that's a good. He said good. He said good. He said good. But he didn't say question. He said good. No. We're waving it off. That's a good. You got to have question in there. It's waved off. Can we get Sage on the phone? (laughs) Well, hold on. Is he going to say good question? Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. You can't say, you can't start to say good. I just realized this without saying good. Like, you can't go good. No, he said, I think he he got got good out. Right, because you have to. But, but listen. It's it's the good question. How, we can't. You how does this happen? What, 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 is, what, what else did he happen? mean? What you, else could he have meant? What else was he going to say? Listen, well, you got to say the whole thing. It's a check. Swing. That's a, he could have. He could have made a good. That's a good plan. Like he could have been complimenting the plan that you laid out. That's a good thing to think about. Yeah, he could have been going in a lot of different directions. You don't know. Like I feel for you. That's why I think we have to get him on the phone. Yeah, but you know that's a good. That's, he got out good. <laughs> He got he got out the whole word. But that's good. a good plan. Sorry, Rami. That's a good idea. Like you could have got a good idea. That's not a good no, question. Man. The good question standings remain Judd with five, Rami with two. Outrageous. And I have three. The fix is in. I think you guys I think you guys set me up. I think you guys told Sage exactly what's going on here. And he's just Did you feel I did not. not I swear to God I did not. I didn't. I do have a victory under my belt though from yesterday's show. When we were talking about my deli counter experiences. And I said that they give me <laughs> they give me attitude. They throw shade every time I try and ask for fresh sliced meat at the deli counter. Put up a poll at the grocery store deli counter. Do you take what's in the case or ask for fresh sliced, which is what I do? And I was called high maintenance. I was called a diva. Four hundred ten votes. Fifty two point seven percent said they ask for fresh sliced. Only forty seven percent are taking what's in the case. Yeah. And by the way, a few people said. You're buying the prepackaged stuff. You're just savages. Oh, we buy the prepackaged stuff. I don't, even, I don't even acknowledge I like the you. I, did, I didn't give you a vote in the poll because I don't even acknowledge that you're a person if you're getting the prepackaged wow. stuff. Yeah, dude, the prepackaged stuff's it's fine. It's terrible. It's awful. Now you're being too snooty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're being way too snobby yeah, about your meat. I didn't real? know you were such a cold cuts Nazi. For oh yeah, sakes. absolutely. What did you say, Josh? Did you? I hope. I hope you isolated your own comment there was, to play. That was okay. I planned that one. Okay. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, yeah that's a good. That's. Good. It's the Zapruder film of this competition, Man, dude. Back into the left. Seriously. Back into the left. Sage, what are you doing to me, man? When we come back here, it's a Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North. Draymond Green is drinking the Andrew Wiggins Kool-Aid and in other news. We're going to come back here shortly with some in other news action and Draymond Green drinking Kool-Aid.
But uh, let's talk about Dale Tondrick and Tondrick Wealth Management here and what he can do to help you make sure that you are safe and secure in your journey to stockpile money for your retirement. So Dale Tondrick spends his life every day thinking about this. And so whether you're 30 years old and you're just sort of getting started on your path to retirement or you're 55, 60 years old and you're much further along, there are things you can and should be doing to make sure that you get to dictate what your life looks like in those retirement years. And Dale is here to help you set up the right plan, help you make the right financial decisions, make sure that you're putting your money in the right bins. You can catch up with Dale face-to-face. Get a consultation by calling 952-401-1671. That's 952-401-1671. Dale is a trusted source of information to help you on your path to retirement. You can also stop by his website, myinvestingcoach.com. That's myinvestingcoach.com. Jonathan here with the Score North Download, brought to you by the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. We'll get you back to in other news in just one moment. But first, join Score North's Rami Maklob and Team KSTP at this year's JDRF One Walk to create a world without type 1 diabetes, Saturday, February 22nd. Join our team or donate to Team KSTP over at scorenorth.com, keyword JDRF. Boys, I don't know if you were paying attention during Purple Daily today, but the topic of Stefan Diggs and his Twitter account and Instagram account came up. And Boone had some words to say about Stefan Diggs as a, as a teammate, and he was very, very praising in his comments. Absolutely. I loved him as a teammate. I thought he was great. He's a huge competitor. I thought the one thing that always showed up was his physicalness and blocking. Like, he was always a te- great teammate. And when he, when the ball was up in the air, he would give you the best chance to catch it. Like, the guy is so competitive. And at times, you'd be like, dude, Diggs, calm down. But you love that as a teammate. Like, you, people forget that this is a barbaric, violent sport. And it's supposed to be played at a loud tone. And people are supposed to be crazy and upset and throwing things. Like, that's how this game is. So, for if it was the teammates that weren't like that, that I was like, what's wrong? with that guy does he not want to be here today like you know Diggs wants to play so much for that bad teammate narrative that seems to get around on him for some reason the best price on everything golf is at the choice bank minnesota golf show february 21st through the 23rd at the minneapolis convention center all advanced pay tickets come with 21 green fee passes go to minnesotagolfshow.com to buy tickets that's been your score north download now back to mac and judith rami all right thank you jonathan in other news coming up here in just a second but rami and i were both watching ESPN shows in the afternoon. We were watching, I think it was at High Noon. High Noon, yeah. Really liked that show. And uh, we caught wind of Draymond Green's comments on his teammate, Andrew Wiggins. And Wiggins has been pretty good. Like, he's, you know, he's scoring points. This is what we expected. He's going to go somewhere. He's going to play pretty well. He started the season really well. And Draymond Green has taken notice. We're going to play some clips for you. But, you know, I'm just talking to him, trying to get the normal watching him work. He wants to be really good. You know? I take that upon myself as a leader of this team and as you know, one of the older guys. Was saying, Although I haven't been in the league much longer than him, I have a little more experience, um, a little older. Uh, and, you know, I want to help him do that. That's him perfectly. Um, we want to try to help him reach his progress, whatever that is, you know. Um, but we'll figure that out. You know, it's not like we got to take his hand and walk him through. That guy's averaged 20 points in the sleep for three or four years. Probably over a career, he's averaged 20 points. It's not what we're talking about. (laughs) So I'm not going to sit here and act like we we found some diamond in the rough that no one, you're like, this is no one pick. And he's averaged 20 over three. He's a player. 
but when I say help them through it, I mean just from the more experienced side of things, and winning a championship, and all those different things, try to help with that experience. First of all, can we turn down the music? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I know I sound like the 40-year-old man that I am when I say that. Can we turn down the music just a little bit? I can't hear what Draymond Green is saying. I think this has got to be what I said before, right? When we heard Steve Kerr and people in the Warriors' front office, the plan has gotten all the way down to the players of, hey, let's pump this guy's value up as much as we possibly can so we can package him in a first-round pick this offseason and get a player who can help us win a championship. Because there's there's just no way that they... He compared him to Kevin Durant. Steve Kerr last time said, it's good to have a guy we can just put on LeBron James and not worry about. Do you hear the names that they're throwing around in the same sentence with Andrew Wiggins? This can't be real. Doesn't it make you think, though? Doesn't it make you think... A little bit. A I know where you're going. People. And a little bit. Draymond's not a moron. Steve Kerr's not a moron. I don't think I don't like I could see Steve Kerr doing the old like let's pump his value up for the for the future trade that we're gonna make. I don't think Draymond Green I don't think he's in those conversations. I think Draymond Green is saying what he thinks is true about Andrew Wiggins. I told you guys when he got traded there that there would be probably two really good weeks. And all I would say to the Golden State brass and players is this. Beware of the Wiggy because he will fool you. Because he is talented enough, man, that when he applies himself, it looks pretty doggone good. And I guarantee he got traded and he went to those guys and said, I want to be good. I want to be real good. Look at my talent. And they're like, yeah, okay, like cool. Like when he told Glenn Taylor I want it? Yes. But the Wiggy... This the, is that again? The Wiggy will fool you. Is he that convincing? The Wiggy... Is he that good a liar? Um, he's, I don't think he is, but I think combined with the God-given talent he possesses in his body... It fools you. Mackie, when you had that one-on-one with him mm-hmm. before the season started, and he was telling you, like, yeah, I'm going to buy in, blah, yeah. blah, blah, things are going to change, things are going to be different, did he convince you? Did he sell you? Yes. Really? Well, it wasn't necessarily him that sold me. It was Gerson Rosas, Ryan Saunders. I, And for the record, he was a lot better in most categories than in the previous few years. So, so he... He bought in to some extent, not shooting as many long twos. He was passing the ball more. He was more efficient. So it's not like he was, and he was obviously more of those things in the first two months than he was in the last month. But I, I don't know if I can remember a player in NBA history when you just look at the box score, like you look and you see, oh, what are his stats on the season? Oh, 23 points, five rebounds, four assists. He's shooting 45% from the field. Like if you just look at that on paper, you think, man, that's a really good player. Sure. That's a that's a twenty five, thirty million dollar player. But then you actually watch him play, and it's he's he loafs, he's lazy. He and when he applies himself, he looks really good. He is really good. He is a really good player. I mean, he is. He will he will go down in a long line of guys who had God given ability that was phenomenal, and and hardworking players would kill for it. Um, but it always to me comes back to he is who he is, which I will I will take to my grave. The contention is he's one of those guys who doesn't really like basketball that that much, and so it gets to be too much. And Golden State will find th- that out. Another question becomes: Are they smart enough to do what what Rami's saying, which is pull the trigger on a trade? That's got to be before the rest of the league's like, yeah, he's back to being Wiggy. Yeah. All right, let's do it. In other news. 
Ah, yes, in other news where we take a break from all the hard-hitting sports talk that we bring you here at Score North and look at some of the more weird and wacky news from around the world, including the world of sports talk radio, you guys. In other news. Oh, and ESPN delightful. Cleveland. Did you see this story? No, but I, I, I love stories like these that involve <laughs> sports talk radio chowderheads. Producer Chris Old, Oldach? Oldach? Uh, heard scratching this morning in the Good Karma brand offices in Cleveland right before the really big show went on the air. I was on the big show before I came here. These guys are the really big show. Wow. But I don't know exactly. How much bigger means. is that show than the show you I used don't to think be on? It could, we were a four-man show. I don't, you can't get bigger like, than that. Like nine guys yeah, on their You show? can't have more than four voices on it. But I it's, digress. it's like one of those CNN post-debate panels where they have 14, <laughs> 14 people. And Anderson Cooper's just sitting in the middle like, I can't control this. But anyways, our friend Chris Oldatch uh, looked up to discover a raccoon crawling across overhead beams. Oh, my God. He broke out his phone to shoot a video and posted the critter to Twitter. This comes from our friends at Barrett Sports Media. Even the morning after the Cavs parted ways with head coach John Beeline, it was the raccoon that drove a whole hour of programming for host Aaron Goldhammer and Tony Grossi. They took calls from listeners on what the best course of action would be. They even called a local rural king, a local store called Rural King, to get advice on how to trap the raccoon. The call to Rural King brought a second surprise. The quote-unquote expert the duo was put on the phone with happened to be a dedicated listener that goes by the name Dog Pound Daryl. Of course, of course. <laughs> To me, it just shows that you can take anything that happens and make it entertaining, especially this time of year. ESPN Cleveland Director of Content Matt Fishman told Barrett Sports Media in his email. I can tell you, you guys, I think we can, you guys will give me that I have an eye for content. I'm a team player. I'll embarrass myself if I think it makes good content, whether it's here on the air or a social media video. I'm just here to let you guys know right now. Mackie, Judd, Jonathan, anybody at Score North, if there are wild critters in the building, I'm out. I do not, I don't handle wildlife well. I, I love animals. I have a dog. I'm very good around pets. But when it comes to wild creatures, I'm, I'm gone. They're, well, where do you draw I'm the not, line? I mean, I'm not they're... sticking around to make content out of the raccoon in the studio. <laughs> that is, I'm just here to let you guys know if there's a raccoon in the studio. But does it start with raccoons? Like, what about a squirrel? I, I've told you guys before, I had, I had squirrels nest in my attic at my home in Milwaukee. And it's I didn't know I didn't know squirrels made the noises that squirrels make. They're terrifying. They're terrifying creatures. And I had to call an exterminator to get them out of there. Okay. And they're they're vicious. And especially city squirrels. If you live in a city, the squirrels are brave. They're not afraid of humans. They yep. used to like. Yeah, they jump from tree to tree on, ca- on campus. Those squirrels. It's crazy. Yeah, they, they'll, they'll cut you. Yeah. So they'll yeah, I don't you. mess they with squirrels. Nuts. I don't mess with raccoons. I have a grave fear of birds, large birds, and large groups of birds. I don't mess with wildlife. Bird, I could see birds. So if, if they're, if they're, I'm cool with that. Just fair warning: if we have raccoons in the building, I'm taking the day off. I'm taking a personal day. I will not be making content out of that. Can we go back to Dog Pound Daryl for a second? <laughs> sure. Where's our dog pound, Daryl? That's no, what I that's, that's only Cleveland, man. Only dog pound, Daryl. Dog pound, Daryl. Thanks for chiming in, guy. We got to have a dog pound, Daryl. We Here's need a dog pound. News. This is from Mashable.com. I'm just going to read through this. This is amazing. Lord of the Rings author uh, J.R.R. Uh, Tolkien is credited with describing the phrase cellar door as the most beautiful string of words. 
in the English language based purely on pronunciation alone. But this author proposes a more beautiful pair of words. Beef candle. Mm. That's right. <laughs> McDonald's is selling merchandise. <laughs> to celebrate nearly 50 years of the iconic grease bomb, I McDo- saw this. McDonald's announced a line of quarter pounder themed merchandise, <coughs> including, among other things, mittens, lockets, and a set of burger scented candles. The box set of candles includes six candles. The six candles are labeled bun, ketchup, pickle, cheese, onion, and 100% (laughs) fresh beef. I'm going to gag. That's right. I'm going to show you guys right here. You guys ever go, you guys ever go, uh, you walk into the mall and you you find like scented candles at Bed Bath and Beyond or whatever. I'm a candle guy. I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow had a more interesting scent that she released. Oh, no, why? <laughs> All right. What? But, no. But what? No. We're not what? getting into this on air. You can talk about it when the show's done. We're not getting into this I don't know what he's talking air. about. You can wait. The listeners are curious. You can wait eight <laughs> minutes. Do, do you know what he's talking about? No. You can wait eight minutes. We're not talking about this on air. You can, let's turn off the bikes and just fill yeah. Judd in on what, you the, can, Judd, what you, the candle scent was. You okay? keep your mic on and we will turn no, no, our no, mics no. off. Turn them all off. I'll just, you know what? I'll just write it down. Draw, how would you write it down? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> Draw it. <laughs> Do you want me to Google it or, or can uh, I Google not it? Not on a work computer. Okay. Well, this is a work. It's my. Okay, hold on. Yeah, you're still connected to the works. Internet, I, can dra- so. I can draw that real quick. Well, <laughs> if, okay, for those in the room that know what we're talking about, yeah, would you, no. if you had, to, you had to pick. Jonathan's so nervous right now. A week straight. A week straight. <laughs> And you had to pick either, and in, in it's your your entire downstairs, okay? Are you going with the quarter pounder? It's <laughs> a bad drawing. Or the quarter pounder. Is that? Uh, I'm going with the quarter pounder. No way. I'm going with the Gwyneth Paltrow. But if you're McDonald's, let's let's digress for a second from Gwyneth Paltrow. If you're McDonald's, please, and you're putting out a scented candle, how is it not fries? Is there anything that you want to smell from McDonald's other than their fries? It's a good question. How do you miss the boat on honestly, that? Honestly, I would go, I would go the egg McMuffin breakfast smell <laughs> before I would go quarter pounder smell. But I think you're right about the. Fries. I just googled her name and immediately it comes up as Gwen Paltrow Candle, <laughs> which is also called the McMuffin. Get it out. I cannot get that one out. <laughs> In other news, it's older than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Probably even more reason to avoid the candle. In other news, the police chief in a New Hampshire town took it literally when he was stripped of his duties at a local board meeting, oh, disrobing man. to his underwear and walking out into a snowstorm. What? <laughs> Richard Lee has been chief in the small town of Croydon for 20 years. On Tuesday night, the three-member select board voted to eliminate the one-man department and move to 100% coverage by the New Hampshire State Police. Lee, who was at the meeting, was told to turn in the key to his cruiser, his guns, and his uniform immediately. He walked into an office he shared with town officials and took off his clothes before the board chairman. Quote, I gave them my uniform shirt i gave them my turtleneck i gave them my ballistic vest i sat down in the chair took off my boots took off my pants put those in the chair put my boots back on and walked out the door lee said (laughs) he didn't have spare clothes or a ride home he walked nearly a mile before his wife picked him up lee said that after he he left with his gear he didn't want to face the possibility or said if he had left with his gear he didn't want to face the possibility of being arrested as he took off his clothes he said the chairman said he didn't have to do that but lee said those were the orders 
So this guy went from being the police chief to being almost completely naked walking in a snowstorm. From the penthouse to the outhouse. Did the same thing when I got fired from Blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, here, take my uniform. <laughs> I'm out. Hold on a sec. Why do I think you're telling the truth? other news... How do you get fired from Blockbuster? You want to really know? I kind of do. Yes, I. Yes, I'm with Jonathan. So we were a rental store. We were were allowed to rent movies before they were released to the public. Okay. When I worked there, and if you you didn't bring them back before their release date, you would get written up. It was like you you know you had like Mm -hmm. a three strike policy on write ups, and I already had two write ups, and my third what I literally got fired for bringing a movie back late. It's which, the, which movie? It's did you the harshest late fee in the history of late fees. I don't remember. I didn't remember what the movie was. You remember I, the other two? I have no idea, no clue whatsoever. Do you, get, do you guys have any Netflix DVDs that you never mailed back? No, I never subscribed when they were actually a mail in. Don did service. Yeah, Don. <laughs> Don did. I, I don't know if we still have them, but yeah, because the things used to show up in our mailbox. I still have Coach Carter. <laughs> Do you watch it often? No, nope. never watched it to begin with. Actually, have you never mailed it back? No. Do they ask for it back? I think they're good now. I mean, no, but at the time, did they ask like for it back? I don't know. Dollar company. I think. I don't good. think. Yeah. They, oh. In other news, I know Jonathan would like us to talk more soccer here on the show, and I'm I'm here to please Jonathan, you guys. So that's that's what we're going to do right now. An amateur soccer player in France has oh, no. been suspended for five years for biting an opponent's. Don't say it. Manhood during a fight on the pitch. That's the field for you Americans. The incident occurred during a game in November between SC Turville and AS Sotrich, two clubs in the yeah, eastern region other. of Lorraine, separated by just a 10 minute drive. When two players began fighting, the unidentified victim, a Turville player, stepped in to break it up, according to local news site. That's where the Sotrich player bit the Turville player. On the manhood. The victim was forced to go to the emergency room where he received a dozen stitches oh, to close oh, the wound no. and was deemed unfit oh, to work oh. for four days. Yeah. The matter was Ouch. referred to the disciplinary arm of the local soccer governing body, which ruled this week that the Sochrich player be suspended for five years. His club was also fined two hundred be jailed something or other. Yeah, Rob, does assault. Rob Manfred suspend that player? Or Thank no? you for stealing my no. joke. Incredibly, oh, the victim and his club. <laughs> hold on, though. The victim and his club were also punished. He was suspended until June thirtieth, twenty twenty, for his actions in the locker room and in the parking lot. Turville was oh. fined two hundred some foreign currency and docked two hundred points in the league standings. How do you get bitten your manhood? Get twelve stitches and get a penalty on top of it. That's that's crazy. That's don't dive. Yeah. Well, who's the opening day starter for the Angels? Because <laughs> they face the Astros, and that's what's likely to happen. Wow. That's, twelve stitches I'm though. Uncomfortable after this. I remember that Sorry. notification coming across from Ooh. ESPN, and it just simply read what the headline was, and like, wow, that's not the soccer can- content I can subscribe for. But thank you. Uh. Is nobody else impressed at 12 stitches? I don't even know how, like... <laughs> really? I'm appalled. Is there room for that's, that's my point. <laughs> for 12 stitches? Stitches are... Stitches are... They're small, man. I got one more for you guys here in the last minute. This is from BustedCoverage.com. Let's go to... Uh, Ole- I miss Royce's broken phone. <laughs> So what I was saying. <laughs> Let's go to Olathe, Kansas, where police arrested a couple of weirdos after they allegedly destroyed an Airbnb where they were staying 
with a variety of tactics, including knives thrown into the walls and bloodstains. Sounds like they might have even dabbled in some drugs and methamphetamines. And uh, I'm going to show you a picture of these two people. Again, great for radio, but how would you describe? <laughs> what is going on with that guy's it, eyes? It, it, it's like Both if, of them. it's like if Johnny Depp were on meth for four years and had a lazy eye. What ha- is that? A lazy eye? Is that what's going on there? I think that's what happens when you go on a meth bender inside of a small Airbnb. Wow. wow. Yeah. So. Wow. Tom Treason in other news should just be a 20 minute podcast. That way you can label it NSFW and not have to censor yourself. Noted. (laughs) That might might be an idea. That That might be something we have to do. We might actually do that. So the online only version of in other news with visuals. visuals. A YouTube show in other news. Do we need visuals of the things we just talked about, or most of the things Actually, we the, talked the about? The twelve stitches thing, we do not need a visual. <laughs> Nor the uh, a candle. We don't need a visual for the candle. <laughs> uh, you can find Mackie and Judd with Rami. I tried our to podcast. draw the candle for Judd. I'm apparently not a great artist. Find it on the Score North app. No, Apple, that, that or would Spotify. be accurate. <laughs> we I are, think it's pretty obvious what I drew. We are live you're tomorrow you're from the Choice Bank Let's Minnesota Golf Show at the Minneapolis Convention Center. Come hang out.